0: Sports has made more millionaires than any job in the history of civilization. Any job, Chris. You think about that. Out of all the jobs in the world, pro sports has made more millionaires than any job in the world.
1: Hey, I'm Chris Cuomo and welcome to another episode of the Chris Cuomo Project. Thank you so much. Subscribe, follow, don't forget the free agent merch. I don't have it on right now, but it kind of looks like this. If you go and find the link that we're putting right out in front of your face, remember the money is gonna go toward our combination giving, our collaboration to give. Why free agent? Because you are the key to the future of this country. Not a Democrat, not a Republican, not about good or bad and them and us, but open mind, open heart, willing to listen, even if you disagree, a critical thinker. The one thing that would make this country a better place, if you could just wave a wand and do one thing, it would be make all of us critical thinkers. That would be a key. That's what being a free agent is all about. So please get the merch, subscribe, follow. Thank you. Why should you? Guess who we have for you right now? Sir Charles, Charles Barkley, phenomenal on the court, a phenomenal character. You know him from our culture as well as from basketball. In this conversation, you will be wowed, okay? Charles Barkley understands what's happening in this country in a way that will so resonate, in a way that you wish our leaders could communicate. And not only does he know what's wrong, He has great ideas for how we can put things right. Support for the Chris Cuomo Project comes from Cozy Earth. Let me tell you, betting matters. And this isn't just me telling you this. In a recent survey, seven out of 10 parents said that they get an average of three hours of sleep a night in the baby's first year hello greg now mommies need quality sleep and bedding will matter there are other variables but here's one that you can control okay when we made the switch to cozy earth i noticed the difference i did not know that fabric or textiles could really be temperature sensitive meaning If it's cold, they keep you warm. If it's warm, they can kind of cool you off. I did not know that. I know it now, because I have Cozy Earth, okay? So, this Mother's Day, why don't you treat the mamas in your life to the luxury they deserve with Cozy Earth Bedding and Sleepwear and prioritize her self-care and sleep health? Doesn't she deserve it? Mm -hmm. Don't forget, use my promo code CHRIS at checkout and you'll get 35% off at CozyEarth.com, okay? When you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select my show in the drop-down and that will make me very happy. Support for the Chris Cuomo Project comes from Delete Me. So, delete me is a necessary. Why? Reality, online boogeyman, harassed, scam, identity theft, spam and robocalls out the wazoo, man, I get hit with all of it. Some of it is done out of spite. I'm convinced people put me on lists and have tracking software put on me just to make my life more of a hassle. But here's the reality for everyone. Personal information is everywhere on the internet. You are an easy target. That's why I personally recommend Delete Me, okay? What does it do? It removes any personal information that you don't want online and make sure it stays off. Take control of your data. Keep your private life private. Sign up for Delete Me. Now at a special discount for my listeners. Today, you'll get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindelete.me.com/ Cuomo. Use the promo code Cuomo at checkout. The only way to get 20% off? is to go to joindeleteme.com slash Cuomo and enter the code Cuomo at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash Cuomo. Charles Barkley, as I
0: live and breathe, I love you. Thank you for doing this. Of course, my brother. Hey, we always gonna be cool. Uh, I know uh, it's been a crazy whirlwind for so, so our confident, our, our situation, but we always do, brother.
1: Yes, that's that, and this is this. So let me get your head on what matters in the world right now. Former president is back in the game. He comes in at a time that we just saw independents like you make a huge difference in the midterms. Voters who are not about being a Democrat or a Republican mattered in the races that mattered. So what's
0: your take on the state of play? Well, first of all, everybody should be an independent. Let's get that out of the way. You should vote whatever candidates kind of floats your boat. It always makes me laugh because I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican. I'm like, no, I I would vote for the best person who has. you know, Because right now you got crime, you got inflation stuff. To me, that's all that really matters. I mean, you got these fools out here talking about abortion gay marriage stuff that's irrelevant and it really shouldn't be important in 2022. I mean, we're just coming out of a pandemic where, man, all these businesses are ruined out here. They're probably never going to recover. It's hard to find jobs out here. So, But I, I'm just disgusted overall, Chris, to be honest with you. I mean, Democrats and Republicans both are awful. They've both been awful in the last couple of years. And it's just frustrating. you got the greatest country in the world. And you got like, well, I got to get every vote. I'm like, well, I don't know where would you have to get every vote for something to pass. You know, you're trying to do something great for the United States. Wouldn't some Republicans or some Democrats want to help everybody? So I'm just disgusted overall. i tell you what's going to be interesting these next couple of years of the presidential uh, election, because, you know, Trump is obviously going to run. I don't know who's going to run against him. But, man, the Democrats are in disarray. I love Joe Biden. I respect him. He's awesome. Uh, I've known him for 100 years. But, man, I just don't see any scenario where he is is fit to run for president again. You think he's too old? He's too old. That's just, like I say, uh, I I think that, I, I personally think that. And the Democrats are so stupid, they haven't even put anybody in the forefront to run, uh, run next time. And I think he's going to run again, but I think he's too old to be president. What about the VP, Kamala Harris? Is she still alive? Uh-oh. This is what I really thought four years ago. I thought that they were not going to vote for her against Trump. I thought they would let President Biden win the election and then for the next three years they would let her take over, put it on the forefront, get her ready for the... They did the totally opposite. She's been in the closet for like I think you can count the times on one hand that I've seen her in the last three years.
1: You think that's because it's being done to her, or you think it's because when she took some uh, at bats, she didn't do well? Chris,
0: you've been famous a long time. Everybody's gonna strike out. It's this thing, there's nothing can prepare you for fame. It's different for me because I talk to athletes all the time because at least people like yourself went to school and educated and you know, you got families that you can learn and lean, lean on. But when you're like a 21 year old kid and you get millions of dollars, man, you strike out a lot trying to learn as you go. So the, the thing that somebody just gonna jump into being famous because she can be the Attorney General of California. That ain't the same as being President or Vice President of the United States. That ain't even, like that's like uh, being mayor of a major city. Like, yeah, you can be a city councilman, but listen. When you become the mayor, like oh no, those jobs ain't the same. Yeah, you was in the city council meeting, but don't compare yourself to trying to be a mayor. So yeah, did she screw up a couple times? A hundred percent. You know, you have to learn, man, as you go. I mean, Luke, I've been in this thing almost forty years, and I've screwed up many times. So, but you know what? The thing I hate about this generation is they're afraid to say, "I'm sorry, I screwed up." You know, they got so many people around them like. Hey, let's handle this. I'm like, no, just say you're sorry. Just say you screwed up, and the people will forgive you. I they, they will, I, I truly believe that because people confuse media and public. The media, when you screw up, they gonna jump on you. That's just the way this game works. But I, from my recollection and talking to the public, if you just get on TV and say, "Hey, you know what? I'm sorry, I screwed up," they're like, "Okay, we're good now." I mean, you're learning that. I learned that several times when I screwed up. But for some reason, guys start trying to manage things and having like, well, I don't want to say I screwed up. I'm like, it's all right to say you screwed up. We're human. You're never going to get this thing perfect. That's a good segue with Kyrie Irving. He should have got suspended. I think he deserved, obviously, you know, he's apologized. You know, and I, you know, I criticized the NBA because they should have suspended him sooner. They gave him a week and a half to apologize. and He didn't apologize. Then they had to suspend him because of pressure. But they shouldn't have waited for pressure. They should have suspended him immediately.
1: Why is suspending the right thing to do? Because of what he did, which just to remind people, is he put out a link to a film uh, that had some very ugly inferences and outright references to Jewish people. And it fueled a kind of anti-Semitism. So he put that out. He got attacked for it. He took it down. What warrants it's suspension? Listen, free
0: speech is not free, uh, especially depending on who you are. Hey, me and you just can't say what the hell we want to. You come close. You come close, by the way. You yeah, can, but let me tell you You something. can say most hey, things you want to say and always have. But if I cross the line, they're going to hit me too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the way this thing works, especially when you're in a money-making business. Hey, we're in the money-making business, Chris. That's what the NBA is. We are so lucky and blessed to make all this money. I mean, Kyrie Irving makes $40 million a year. He was making probably another 50 60 from Nike. They're paying him very well, but they want a return on their investment. And if you're going to insult a segment of a population, like, whoa, this... So I, I thought the suspension was warranted. He apologized, and we're going to have to move forward. But I hope anybody who says I'm racist, sexist, Homophobic, like I say, we got a lot of Asian hate going on in this country right now. That's wrong. We got a lot of, lot of stuff going on on immigration. You know, I'm blessed to live in Arizona, man. I think the Hispanic people are some of the most amazing, hardworking people in the world. Now, should we just have an open door policy? No, but I think the Hispanic people are just amazing, hardworking people. And sometimes you see some of these politicians, some of the things they say. I'm like, yo, man. I know you're trying to get votes, but these are actually like real people who who trying to make life better. So I just believe any form of hate speech is just wrong, period.
1: Me too. The question is, how do you handle it? I got beat up a little bit for my take on it, which is, you know, you don't have to sell me on the fact that it was anti-Semitic. You know, I have Jewish people in my family. They are my family. I am uh, completely biased when it comes to my affection and affinity for Jewish people. But how do we deal with what we don't want to hear and what we don't like? I am very worried about this no platform posture that we have now. Don't let that person come on. Don't let that idea get out there. Don't let it, don't give it an audience. I heard it a lot when I was at CNN about having Trump supporters on. Don't have them on. They all lie. It's not true. They don't all lie. All right, well, let's say what they're saying is wrong or is a lie or it is anti-Semitic. Is the better way for us, to silence it, to freeze it out or drown it out. I believe, let him come on and say what he wants to say. That's why I had Kanye on. Let him come on and say what he wants to say. And now let me expose why that's some dumb shit to say and why it's not true and why it's hurtful. That's how you defeat the anti-Semitism. That's how you get us to a better place. I worry that if we just censor something or don't let it be said, you give it power
0: on the rest of the internet. Well, that's a great point. But I think the situation with Kyrie is we working for uh, our commissioners, Jewish, mm-hmm. a great man, too. You can insult me, but don't take my money. You can have the right to be anti-Semitic. You have the right to be homophobic. You have have the right to be racist. It makes you an asshole, but you have that right. But you can't take my money, Chris. I think that's, that That was the position that the NBA was put in, like, wait a minute, I'm paying you $40 million, and, and then and I don't want to get into some mess about trying to control people with money, but I think, yes, I'm going to pay you this money, you can say what you want to, but there are repercussions if you say the wrong thing. And see, the thing that bothers me the most about the whole thing, we as Black people, we can't get upset just because is something happened recently to Black people. You know, I went in hard on, uh, on me and Ernie's podcast. I went in hard last year on this anti-Asian violence around the country, anti-transgender. Um, There's been a lot of transgender people being getting killed around the country. One thing I try to do is like, no, 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 no. I, I don't have selective. That's like when I was talking to Liv Golf. All of a sudden, everybody's worried about people in Saudi Arabia who they never met in their life. I says, well, you don't defend everything in the in the United States, and we got issues here. But now you don't want these guys to take money from Saudi Arabia. I said, don't do the fake, sele- selective outrage is what I call selective it. Selective outrage. If I, on my watch, while I got a platform, if I see somebody being homophobic, anti-Asian, uh, anti-Semitic, against Black people, I'm going to say something about it. I I was disappointed more black people didn't come out and say, yo, man, because as a black person representing black people, I want allies, Chris. I don't want to alienate anybody. Anybody want to help black people, I want their help. But I don't want to piss anybody off. I said, racism exists, always has, and always will. I want to help the situation. And anything I do, I want allies. That's, that's That's a phrase I use when I'm talking to my friends. We need allies. We don't need to alienate anybody. And let's be honest, one of the best things that ever happened to black people is sports. Number one, it gives us a great platform to get educated. Because one of the this disgraceful things about this country is what it costs to go to college nowadays. It's a travesty and a disgrace because you eliminate 60% of kids who are probably smart enough to go to any school in the country, but they got zero chance of going because of what it costs to go to college. So that's the first thing. All these kids can get a free education. I think it's really important. That's the difference. The second thing is sports has made more millionaires than any job in the history of civilization. Any job, Chris. You think about that. Out of all the jobs in the world, pro sports has made more millionaires than any job in the world. So, man, sports is important. It's significant. And I just, I, I just want to use it as a vehicle
1: to make things better. Tell the audience the interesting disconnect that you find when you talk to schools and you talk to kids and what it's like talking to a predominantly minority audience about what they say their dreams are about playing pro ball versus when you talk to a predominantly white or more affluent Group of kids?
0: Yeah, so when I went to Nike, I think it was nineteen eighty nine back then. I said, you yeah, I want to make this commercial about the role model. He says, you're fucking nuts. I said, no, I'm not. I says, they're like, you're gonna get killed. I says, first of all, I'm in Philadelphia. Nothing nobody gonna say gonna hurt my feelings. <laughs> hey, hey, I said, I pray for the Philadelphia 76ers. There's nothing that somebody gonna say to me that's gonna hurt my feelings. I thought my name was Charles Barkley. You selling like my first. Four or five years in the <laughs> NBA. So I said, guys, I'm really noticing something. When I'm going to, and, and unfortunately, we have too many segregated schools in this country. But when I was going to the produ- predominantly black schools, I said, well, how many of y'all want to play sports? It's like 95% want to play sports. But then I was going to the predominantly white school, and they're like, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be an engineer. I want to be a teacher, fireman, policeman, something like that. And I'm like, damn, that's impressive. So I went to Nike and said, Chuck, you should not do this. In fairness to Nike, it came back like two years later Says that was a stroke of genius. Ninety-five percent of the letters we got were positive. You know, I had to go on all the shows and defend my commercial. And what I was telling them was, I just want to start a conversation because I think all these Black kids are brainwashed. I think they think they can only play sports and be entertainers. They don't think about being doctors and lawyers and engineers and things like that, which Let's be realistic. And as stupid as this sound, when I said, you got a better chance of being a doctor, a lawyer, or engineer, a teacher uh, than you do a uh, plan in the NBA or the NFL, yeah, which is right. crazy to think about and crazy to say. But it's just amazing these kids because they're not around those type of people. Until I got older, I wasn't around black doctors and black lawyers and things like that. You know, everybody in my little small town in Alabama. All the doctors were white. uh, All the uh, lawyers were white. And until I was like, but I want black kids to know they can be doctors and lawyers and engineers and things like that. So I always tell people probably one of the most proud things for me ever was the role model commercial.
1: It was very powerful because, you know, at first people were just saying it was just burnishing your tough guy image. But very quickly it revealed something else, which is that you wanted people to see other dreams. And other aspirations, and that, you know, it wasn't about being just like you. There are lots of other ways that you could be successful in life. You mentioned the uh Saudi Arabian golf thing. The numbers yes. that were swirling around about what they wanted to pay you were humongous.
0: Why didn't you take the money? You know, number one, I think that I got a great job. First of all, I, I love golf, but man, I'm gonna watch basketball and I get paid to watch basketball as stupid as that sounds. I love working with Ernie, Kenny, and Shaq. I think that I just became a grandfather, which is the greatest thing ever happened to me. Shout out to Little Henry Hoffman, the greatest thing ever. And I think that I need to be closer to him because you know, Chris, I, I'm I'm very realistic about life and death. I'm, I'll, I'll be 60 in a couple months. I'm on the back nine of life. If I die tomorrow, it's all good. I've had a great run but I realized that I'm closer to death than I am being alive and I said hey you know what your grandfather now you need to be around your grandson more you know Ernie and Clark Kellogg told my really good friends that told me being a grandfather was going to be the greatest thing ever and I'm like yeah it's going to be cool yeah it's going to be cool but I got to admit man it is it is the most amazing thing holding that little man, being around him, seeing my daughter become a mom.
1: Why? What does it mean to you that was different than being a parent?
0: It's a different type of love that you can't—it's just amazing. I I wish I could put it into words. I'm not smart enough to put it into words. But it's the most—it's a humble, loving feeling to see this little person, and then your daughter's a mom— She's got a great husband. Shout out to my man, Ilya. And to see them becoming parents, because, I mean, we all know how hard it is to be a parent, especially now. I- I'm glad about being an old geezer because I can't imagine what it's like for these kids. I- I'm glad that the Internet wasn't around because there's so much stuff said about you, so much more stuff you can do. It'd be great to make $40 to $50 million a year. I'm not going to lie, playing in the NBA. But all the extra BS that these guys have to deal with. You know, everybody's got an opinion. Like, in my day, there was like two newspapers in town and them and a couple of radio shows could talk, talk bad about you, which they did sometimes. But now, man, everybody got an opinion on you. It's kind of crazy because I don't do social media. And people are like, they've been trying to get me to do social media for like 20 years. I say, I'm never going to do social media because... Everybody is a tough guy or a tough girl behind their computer. That's stuff they would never say to you to your face. But it really bothers me because why do you have to be an asshole? There's no need to be mean and be an asshole. I don't think you have to comment on every situation either. Like, Okay, that happened. I I don't care that happened. I don't have to go to my computer and put some words out there. That's what makes me laugh. Like, why did... First of all, why do you have to be mean? Why do you have to be an asshole? But why do you feel the need to comment on everything? That's the thing that drives me crazy about social media.
1: People want to be relevant and it gives them... It's But they're
0: not relevant.
1: But they feel relevant. relevant. And the media made social media so important because it was easier for us to cover than getting a real sense of where people were, that now you have these minority groups on the internet have this magnified importance. So... 5,000 people say that they didn't like our conversation, I'm going to hear something about it. And I would be like, 5,000 people, that's nothing. It went out to a million people. We <laughs> ma- we magnify the relevance because the media likes that from a coverage angle. So there are a lot of different parts to it. But it's interesting to me and listening to you, do you
0: believe that we're getting better or worse as a society? Oh, 100% worse. And I think our politicians have a lot to do with it. Chris, me and you can get together. And we can meet a random stranger. We can meet a guy from the Ku Klux Klan. We can get meet a guy from the Midwest, Washington State, Idaho. We're not going to disagree on every subject. There might be a couple of subjects be like, okay, we disagree. I mean, you're not wrong. I'm not wrong. But somewhere in the middle. Our politicians don't let us do that anymore. They're trying to, no, you got to pick a team. if you don't pick our team, you're on the wrong team. I'm like, no, 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 no. I I, I don't believe that. Now we're out here beating up people with a hammer. We got people threatening people who just want to vote. It's hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube once it's out. I was so glad when this voting cycle was over because I thought my head was going to explode if I see another ad. It's how bad my luck is, Chris. I live in Arizona, so I had the Carrie Lake show going on back and forth. I work in Atlanta. I got the Herschel Walker Warnock every commercial, and I live in Philadelphia during the summer. I got Dr. Oz and Fetterman like for the last six months. Please make it stop. Please make it. I just happen to live in all three places where the three hotly most contested uh, races were. It was some of the worst ads. Some of the worst name calling. I'm somebody sitting at home. I'm like, I don't want to vote for any of these
1: people. That's right.
0: Because you know what I would do if I ran for office? I would never mention the other person, ever. I would never mention another person. Because it's, it's like, yeah, I suck, but I don't suck as much as the other dude. Wait a minute. Why don't you tell me what you're going to do to make my life better? Mm-hmm. Don't tell me the other guy sucks. I'm going to get to make a choice. But I don't want the person who sucks the least.
1: It's a standard we don't apply anywhere else. Charles Barkley, as talented as you are, you would have never made a single team if the standard was, well, the other guy's worse. You would have never <laughs> made it anywhere in life, in business, in any relationship. Well, I guess I'll date Chuck. You know, he's not as terrible as this other guy. That's it. You yeah. stay alone.
0: Only in politics. Only, only in politics does that work. And like I say, I would never, I said, okay, this how I'm going to stop crime. I'm going to try to stop crime. This is how I'm going to try to stop inflation. You know. These are the things that really matter. And I said, this is my fixes. I don't know what this other dude going to do. I don't know what this other lady going to do. But I'm going to tell you how I'm going to try to fix our problem. Don't tell me this person voted with uh, Republicans 100% of the time. This person voted with Democrats 100% of the time. I said, yeah, but how are you going to make my life better? Because when you vote for somebody, you know, man, I like you. I trust you. I want you to make my life better. But that's completely out the window now. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, it's kind of like this NIL thing in college sports, which I hate. It's just the wild, wild west out there right now. Schools just, are just going to the high better. We're going to ruin college sports as we know it. But I don't know how you put the toothpaste back in the tube. Support for the Chris
1: Cuomo Project comes from Done With Debt. This is a big one, especially in America, man. You need done with debt. If you're one of us who's addicted to credit, you need done with debt because you're going to bed thinking about how much you owe and what the minimum amount payable is and what are you going to do and you're never going to get out from under it. And look, is it your fault? Yeah, in part, take responsibility for your spending. But also, the system traps you in debt, High-interest credit cards and loans. It's almost impossible to pay off your debt once you get into that cycle. Insane inflation keeps you stuck paycheck to paycheck, and that's why you need Done With Debt, because Done With Debt is your lifeline. Done With Debt has an ingenious new strategy to help you deal with debt faster than most of us would think possible. Done With Debt analyzes your debt, gives you options that you'll qualify for, Done With Debt knows how to reduce bills, cut interest rates. They've got skilled staff at Done With Debt that will negotiate, figure out how to get better deals. So here's how easy they'll make it. Go to donewithdebt.com, donewithdebt.com, and start getting out from under the problem and toward the solution. You got debt? You need Done With Debt support for the Chris Cuomo project comes from Done With Debt. Let me tell you, we're all dealing with it, especially in American culture, right? Because we're so credit sensitive. We have so much available credit. People take advantage of it. Often it takes advantage of them. High interest credit cards are real. Loans make it nearly impossible to pay off your debt. Inflation keeps just taking away what you can pay. Keeps you stuck in almost a paycheck to paycheck existence. Done With Debt can be a lifeline. Done with Debt has this ingenious new system that gives you a way to deal with debt faster and easier than you probably thought possible. See, Done with Debt analyzes all the debt options that you qualify for. They know how to reduce bills, cut interest rates. They have a skilled staff of negotiators that know how to get debt out of your life, ready? Permanently. Done with Debt has a bunch of experts. They've been doing this and they know the best strategies to reduce and remove debt from your life. But you gotta hurry, because some debt solutions are time sensitive. Here's how easy they'll make it. If you go to donewithdebt.com, that's donewithdebt.com, right? D-O-N-E-W-I-T-H-D-E-B-T.com, you can find the answers to your debt problems. What gives you hope that things get better for your grandchild? I think all
0: you can do is have good parents, hopefully good grandparents, because I truly believe this. I don't think there's asshole kids. I think there's asshole adults. I think if you got good parents who tried it, like, hey, none of us are perfect. Kids are going to make mistakes. Adults are going to make mistakes. But I think as a parent or a grandparent, you just try to teach a kid, man, just be a good person. like. You know, we, we, we kind of screwed up society where now it's like, and this started way back. I've said this before, like 30 years ago. We kind of got to this point, where, if you're not making a lot of money, or you don't have a nice car or a big house, you're a failure. And I said, well, that's actually probably 90% of the people in the world don't make a lot of money, don't have a big old mansion, and don't have a Mercedes Benz or a Range Rover or anything like that. First of all, that's great. I don't hate on those people, but I use this phrase all that, Most people have to go out and get a real job. There's nothing wrong with being a secretary. I admire the hell out of the teachers. There's nothing wrong with being a teacher. But we kind of got lost, I think. And it goes back to the 80s. like, no, nah, if you don't make a lot of money, you don't have a big house, and a big car, you're a failure. And that's 100 percent wrong. There are very few people who hit the lottery of fame and richness. You know, hey, I always tell them, I say, man, being rich and famous is like getting a lottery. It don't happen for that many people. I tell people, man, that's like 400 players in the NBA. I said, there's a million people playing basketball. That's not like, I said. that's only 400, a little over 400 that we've expanded a couple of times. I said, that's less than 500 people in the world getting paid to play basketball, making millions and millions of dollars. Out of all the people who are untouched to basketball, there's less than 500 in making a lot of money. So, It's really hard to be successful. I think there's a couple thousand in the NFL, same thing with baseball. So the numbers are so small, but man, we got to get back to like, it's all right to be a secretary. It's all right to be a teacher. You know, it's all right. Like just be the best, the best you can be. And and that's all you can ask for.
1: We got to put value in places other than power, wealth, Extreme beauty, extreme strength. You know, that's the the downside of the upside of America, which is the opportunity of excellence, is that we start creating standards that are going to collapse on themselves, which is what we're experiencing in our politics. You know, the natural thing is you want to be better than other people. That's That's the secret to your success was that you were better than other guys who played your game. Yeah. Now we've made this very important thing called politics, and it extends into everything in our society about who you can take down. And that doesn't work in sport, doesn't work in business, doesn't work in marriage, doesn't work raising your kids. Go out there and don't be the worst. You know, we don't tell our kids that. But our politics has become that. I know it has to change. I was very, you know, I got on my shirt. This is my thing is free agents or independent voters, open mind, open heart, willing to listen, even if you disagree, disagree with decency. I believe in that as the catalyst for getting us to a better place only because it's not special that's the core mentality of people everywhere else in their lives it's just yeah. you and i have always given and shared mutual respect i'm a big fan i love what you're about as a person you've always been good to me that's how we conduct ourselves i see you i'm happy to see you you need me i'm a call away we don't do that in politics i wouldn't even pick up the phone and talk to you if we were in different parties Even if we were in the same party, I'd be trying to eat your lunch. We got to
0: change that. But is that just magical thinking? I hope not. Because one part of this thing is we get beat over the head so much with negativity. Like when you watch the news, the first three to five stories is who got killed, who got carjacked, who got beat up. And you can't give up, Chris. We can't give up. Because, man, there's so much good stuff. And what's crazy about it, in sports and in fame... Negativity sells, Mm -hmm. especially when you're famous. If you if you're having a meltdown when you're famous, they make good money on that. They make money if you're good at your fame, and if you melt down, they make money on it. So it's like a big business venture to the media. But we can't ever give up and say, you know what? I'm just I don't care. I ain't gonna keep keep trying to change things. I just don't believe in that. You just but you got to have some allies. That's why I say, hey man, you want to help me? Help me, because man. I got lucky because I got to dribble a stupid basketball. That's why I tried like it could have been anybody. Somebody said that dude's gonna be great at basketball. And it's the stupidest thing in the world. I've never had a real job because of a stupid ball, Chris. I don't take myself that serious. And I'm like, man, you gotta keep trying to do good. Cause you just got lucky because you can dribble a stupid basketball. But I gotta tell you what though, I give you
1: I'll give you more credit than that, although you being humble is a big reason that you are as effective at what you do, which is not obviously playing with the ball anymore, but the reason you guys are so successful, the reason you guys are entertaining is because of the humanity that's on display all the time. If you think about what you do, I actually wrote something about this once and I'm completely biased. I love you. I think Ernie's a great guy. I love his backstory. I don't know him the way I know you. I love Kenny. Kenny's from Queens. You know, went to Malloy. You know, that's it. That's where I came up. I was always good with him. Shaq, of course. The humanity of how you guys agree and disagree, what you value in terms of what you like and the behavior of people who are good or not good and how they deal with adversity and how you care about one another. Now, I haven't said anything that has to do with your level of analysis of what's happened in the game because it doesn't matter. Everybody knows you're a great player. Everybody knows you know the game. It's what you respect in the men and women that you see playing and how they play that is transcendent. It's how you feel about Kenny. It's how even a big guy like you lives in abject fear of Shaquille O'Neal. The way you run, the way your eyes pop
0: open when he comes for you, I have never seen that in you before. That's why you're great. Well, number one, thank you for the cowards. You know what? I think that we understand how lucky we are, all four of us three Of us are stupid basketball players, and Ernie's had the great television life. And you're like, we're just like, man, we might go our whole life and never have a real job or work a day in our life. And let's make sure that people understand that. Make sure they enjoy watching basketball because because that's really the key. So you because there's two dynamics of what we do: there's basketball. And then we want regular people to watch the show. People going to watch sports, going to watch sports, but you're not going to be successful if you don't get regular people to watch the show. That's really the key.
1: But that's where the humanity comes in and the dynamic. Yeah. And you know, when you guys share about what's happening in in life, you know, I've always believed that that's the success of the show. And I know a lot about programming in this business, and there's room for growth in that show. Also, I'm not saying that the show could be better. I I think you guys are obviously the best at what you do, but it could be a lot more because I think you guys could talk about just about anything. My show is different than it was at, at CNN. CNN was very much refereeing the game of what's happening in politics. And that is a noble pursuit. And I think they do it great. And I wish them well. For me, I'm trying to get people who don't usually watch cable news to watch me, and saying, look, I'm not here to support the Democrats or the Republicans. I don't think they're equal. I think there's a level of toxicity in the Republican Party I've never seen before, and they have to deal with that, and I think they're starting to. And the Democrats have their own problems, but you should be neither of them. (laughs) You should be about yourself and your family and who's best for you, and that's what this show is about. Human beings care about human beings. Human beings have common concerns. Human beings are not set up to want to do better by you doing worse. We are not zero-sum by our nature. And our politics is, but that's why we got to take down the politics and take up the humanity of common cause and conversation. That's why I've been chasing after you. And I want you to know I have been chasing after Charles. He's never been seen as an elusive person. He was not easy to get on this show. And <laughs> it's because you connect with people in a way that they understand because you are a human first, not politician first. And that's 100%. very powerful.
0: Very powerful. You know... My grandmother, the greatest person ever in my life, growing up in Alabama, she was teaching me about racism and everything. She says, Now you got to remember something about racism. This ain't just a black thing. There's so many great white people out here. The second person said that to me was the Reverend C.T. Vivian, the civil rights hero. He says, Man, you just got to surround yourself with good people white, black, Asian, Jewish, Catholic, whatever. Uh, anybody. He said, she said, she says, there's a lot of people in every ethnic group that are full of shit. She says, be a people person first. I don't judge any ethnic group by their worst. I judge them by their best. You know, and and I I choose to live my life like that. We all have preconceived notions, but I have to give a person a chance. I want to get to know that person Cause you never know who's going to be important and significant in your life. I remember, you know, in the South is always segregated. One of my best friends' name was Pep Mark. He says, "Hey man, would you, you want to come over to my house today?" And I said, "Sure," because you know, kids, we ain't we ain't racist. Adults teach you to be racist. And I go tell my mom. I said, "Mom, Pep invited me over to his house this weekend." She says, "Excuse me." And uh, I said, Pep invited him to his house this weekend. And he, she says, well, he lives on the white side of town. I says, well, I don't even know what that means. I said, Mom, and next time I'm starting to be middle teen, I says, Mom, I don't want to live like y'all lived back. I understand growing up out of Birmingham, Selma, Montgomery, and all those things, the church bombing in Birmingham. So I know about my racial history. I'm not going to repeat it and be racist and things like that. I said, Mom. I love you, but I don't want to live like y'all did. I want to be friends with the white people. Like, I don't want to go through my whole life and they live on one side of town. We live on the other side of town and we hate each other. And the only time we see each other is at basketball and football games. Like, you know, it's kind of like the Sam Jackson, one guy I really, really admire. And he was in that movie, A Time to Kill, and he said, we asked Matthew McConaughey, he says, we're friends. And, and Sam said, we ain't friends. You see me at work, you don't, but you don't even know my wife and kids. What's my wife's name? What's my kid's name? And it was very, and I said, man, that's really powerful and really deep. Don't tell me, you're friend, just because we play good basketball together. No, I want our kids to play together. I want you to know my family. I want to know your family. And that was a, really a big turning point for me. Uh, I think I was 15 or 16 at the time. I'm like, mom, I don't want to be like y'all. Like, I, I don't I, I don't want to be fighting with white people 50, 60 years later saying, no, we can't be friends. I said because we're not enemies. People make us enemies, but we're not enemies. I, I always look when I'm looking at these young black kids and white kids be playing together. We ain't corrupted their minds. We ain't made them racist. And they just playing together. And it always gives me a chill. I'm like, man, why can't the world be like these little kids? Why do we adults have to screw it up? We screw up everything. We screw up everything, Chris. Kids don't screw up things. We as adults, man, we just got to do better. You, you you hit it right on the head early man. We just got to do better. I mean, I don't know how to do it. Because like I said, I don't know if you can put the two toothpaste back in the tube. But man, I'm never going to give up. Because... I don't want to live my life like an asshole. I really don't. I I I don't want to live, I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to be angry. I want to be like, no, man, I I want to be around good people. Because you you, you never know who you're gonna meet, who's gonna be like, oh man, I'm glad I met that person.
1: I'll tell you what people need to know. You, and you've had a long time, you got a long record. You own your mistakes, you let other people. Tout your greatness, and you have a good time living your life. Charles Barkley is not just a man. He is a mode. You are a way of living where you enjoy yourself. You only have one kryptonite. The way you look at Shaquille O'Neal, you have a fear. Have you
0: ever met, you
1: ever met Shaquille? Oh, I've met him many times. He's another guy He's who's the ducking, biggest me, human in ducking the world. me on my show. He's
0: ducking me, too. Hey, hey, let me tell you something. He's the biggest human in the world. He is a big guy and he knows it you know we, we just did me and ernie just um we just he's got a documentary coming out and we, me and ernie taped some stuff for it last week and the first question was what was the first thing when you saw shakia what went through your mind i said well it was interesting because i had been in the nba i said i would seen tall guys i would seen big guys I would never seen the perfect combination of big and and strong. I said, yeah, I've seen a lot of tall guys, but they were skinny. And I've seen a lot of big guys, but they were not athletic at all. I said, the first time I saw that dude, I was like, whoa. I said, he is 7'2". He's about 250, 60 pounds. He's all muscle, and he can run and jump. And he's fun to be around. And I will tell you this, Chris, he's a great businessman. He did something. He taught me something last year because we stay at the same hotel. and He was having meetings. And I said, Shaq, what's your meetings for? He says, once every few months, I bring all the companies that I work with together. And I says, how can I make things better for you guys? And what? And I said, what? He says, yeah. I don't just do their commercials and take their money. I meet with them a couple times a year, and I says, how can I help the company better? Or, or, I mean, I was like, man, that's a stroke of genius. Like, I don't know, man, like, I have had never done that before. I do the commercial. I like the people I do the commercials for, but I don't see them again until the next commercial. But now I, say, I tell my agent, I say, hey, call them and ask them if they're happy with the commercial. Or is there anything I can do to help publicize their brand? And, and, and so he taught me a lot about business.
1: He is a smart guy, and he is always trying to grow and change, and he keeps a lot of good people around him, too. I think you share that. It's just that he obviously physically intimidates you. You're clearly afraid of the man, and you're afraid gonna he's going to beat you up. But you talk to him sometimes, and then he gets up, and you run,
0: Chuck. You run. You run uh, a lot. C- let me tell you something. I'm not going to fight. Well, let me say this, I'm not going to fight a bear.
1: There's no, I mean, such no such thing as a hey, fair fight. There's no such thing as a fair fight. He's got vulnerabilities. I, I, see,
0: see, Chris, uh, that's, uh, that's why we get along so well. Yes, I agree. I'm dirty. I'm not taking no ass whooping. There's no such thing as a fair fight.
1: But here's the problem. There can only be one number one. See, I'm <laughs> not in that situation. I wouldn't have put myself yeah. in that situation. You did. There can only yeah. be one number one. Ernie's cool with his position. Kenny's cool with his position but there can only be one big dog at the desk. And, you know, sometimes you say, you know, that you're the big dog, but I see the way he looks at you. He looks at you like food. He looks at you like food.
0: Yeah, 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 I'm I'm never going to fight the big dog. I can (laughs) promise you that. You guys are beautiful together.
1: You represent what we love, which the least of it, I'm telling you, as a fan, and we've talked about this, least of it is the basketball yes. least of it is the basketball yeah and it matters that you guys are great at the game no question it matters to us yeah. more Thank when you. i know you could do what you're saying needs to be done and i've watched it many many times but it's your humanity uh it's your heart it's your head and that you live your truth and i appreciate you being on the podcast i appreciate you being my friend and i'm always a call away
0: well i tell you what number one we always going to be friends You keep doing your thing. And if you ever need me, brother, let me know. Thank you. All right. God bless and be well. I'll be seeing you on the TV. Okay, brother. Be safe. Thank you, Chuck.
1: (music) I told you the Bark is no joke. He has been a good friend. And he is really interesting to listen to on a wide array of topics because he keeps it real. You know? So what did you think? Let me know. Comment away. Please subscribe, please follow, continue to spread the word. And don't forget the free agent merch, all right? The money is going to give us the ability to do some combination collective giving. And isn't that what it's all about, especially now? See you next time.